Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to Disney Insights. Well, happy Thanksgiving. The season has arrived, Black Friday is right ahead, and a lot of holiday shopping is about to occur. No doubt, if you are a Disney fan, something on your list to Santa probably includes something Disney. There are so many retail choices when it comes to buying your favorite Disney merchandise, but all of that had a beginning. From my newest book, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights, we'll share with you that story and about one of the little known Disney legends who not only brought Disney merchandise to life, but in many ways saved not only Disney, but other companies during a difficult period of the depression. From this, we'll share some free souvenirs in terms of ideas you can take home into the new year. And then we'll share with you a few really impressive holiday gifts to consider, all tied to the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. Join us as we talk about the genesis of Disney merchandise. By the way, make sure you um, check out DisneyInsights.com, which is going to have some links and some photos and um, a list of uh, ideas and so forth you may want to refer to. Whether you're on your podcast or whether you're at DisneyInsights.com, take a moment to go and subscribe so that you're notified of upcoming podcasts or other posts when they occur. Also, be sure to check out uh, our YouTube page and our Facebook page. Both of them are under the name of, well, Disney Insights. There you can see further conversations and further resources and other great things that you can check out. Well, as promised, each month of this year, I'm reading one of the chapters from my new book, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights. Each month is a different decade. This one is very much at the center of the Depression, which is set during the 1930s. It was a critical addition to the company that in many ways saved Walt and Roy from losing income and going bankrupt. One of the definitive icons of the Walt Disney Company is the Mickey Mouse watch. The timepiece is about as much about timing as it is about time. It is also about a fairly unknown Disney legend, Kay Kamen, who solely perhaps made one of the most significant contributions of anyone in the Walt Disney Company other than Walt and Roy themselves. So let's begin with chapter seven. As the depression loomed, Walt Disney was looking for new revenue sources on top of Mickey Mouse and the Silly Symphony Shorts. By the way, I'll just stop there and say, if you haven't checked it out, go back to October 16th, where we released a podcast that shared um, the very first days of Walt and Roy signing the contract, which started um, the whole company. This is the second in this series. Going on, the thought was that licensing Mickey Mouse to merchandise might be an answer to their problems. Herman K. Kamen was an advertising man from Kansas City and he thought he could sell Mickey Mouse in a new and better way than what was being done at the time. Kay headed to California on a train to meet with Walt. A contract soon followed, which allowed Kay to be the company's sole licensing representative. 
while President Herbert Hoover promised a chicken in every pot, Kay Kamen promised the Disney character in every home. Within three years, the different kinds of Mickey Mouse products numbered in the thousands. But one product uniquely stood out. During the same time, Ingersoll Waterbury Clock Company was facing bankruptcy. Kay struck up a deal with the fledgling company to sell watches priced at $3.25. Again, timing was everything. The watches were a massive hit. Macy's department store in New York City, yeah, the same one hosting the Macy's parade this Thanksgiving weekend, they sold a record 11,000 watches in one day. The Ingersoll Waterbury Clock Company had to increase the number of factory workers from 300 to 3,000. In an era such as this one, timing could not have been better. In another instance, the Lionel Corporation, the created toy electric trains, was facing bankruptcy as a result of the Depression. Cayman made an agreement to create a Mickey and Minnie wind-up handcar with a circle track that would retail for $1. In four months' time, 253,000 of the handcars were sold. It brought Lionel out of bankruptcy proceedings and made it solving. And by the way, you know, you can still buy Disney Lionel trains. In fact, there is actually, if I recall, there is a Disney Lionel um, 100th anniversary um, train for uh, for the 100th anniversary, obviously. It's a bit, price is pretty high up there, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's somewhere in the $500 range or more uh, to buy at no <laughs> no less than Macy's. You could buy it for $529. So go figure. Still, still very much. By the way, this is the same time that um, that the Mickey Mouse uh, balloon came down and Macy's Parade and so forth. So all these things were kind of coming together at the same time. Well, the rest is history. A new industry came about focusing on merchandise related to films. Disney products in that early era provided the fuel to help Walt Studio develop its first animated feature, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Before the show's opening, Kay had some 117 manufacturers license to sell products from the film. He also introduced another first in merchandising, the soundtrack album. Yeah, actually, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was the first commercially produced uh, soundtrack or vinyl for, um, for play. Um, that was done for any film soundtrack. It started with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, of course, Disney products are everywhere today. Hundreds of Disney stores are scattered across the United States and abroad. Theme parks sell merchandise at the exit to nearly every attraction and park. Major properties include not just Mickey and Minnie, but Star Wars, Frozen, Disney Princess, Cars, Spider-Man, Avengers. Winnie the Pooh, and other Disney classics. Uh, I'll just stop there and say, look, 
if you think that maybe the Disney merchandise is a little too much as you come out of Winnie the Pooh and go into the gift shop, let me tell you, this is the thing that has helped Disney succeed. I remember in the, I think it was in the first years of cars, they were selling like $300 million of merchant of, of retail in cars merchandise. Uh, in the first couple of years of that film's uh, release. Merchandise is a huge thing. It is the thing that really helps uh, create profitability for the, for the company. As the 1930s ended, and as international markets were shutting down due to World War II, Disney merchandise royalties outweighed revenue from film rentals. In truth, managing time is about being at the right place at the right time, almost. Just a day after having dinner in Paris with Walton Roy, Kay Kamen and his wife died in an Air France crash over the Azores on October 27th of 1949. From there, Walton Roy would take over the business of merchandising, occurring Simultaneously, a film division was being created by the studio and a music publishing division was being set up by the company as well. The organization soon became more attuned to the title Walt Disney Productions than it did to the animated artistry of Walt Disney. There's some really great takeaways and we refer to those as souvenirs in our in our podcast, but they're referred to as ideas for the next century in our book, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights. Consider how you can make the magic come alive for you. How can you broaden your potential? How is timing with making things happen? How do you organize in a scramble to meet tight deadlines? Are there new markets you might be missing? What are you doing to not be late to market? All those are really great questions, whether you're an organization or really you're thinking about your own life. And you know, what is it that um, the time is right to do something, something that makes a difference? It's a great question to ask as we go into the new year. But before we get to the new year, I just gotta say, we gotta think about some really great um, holiday gift ideas for this time of year. And I have been introduced to three of them personally as part of my birthday, which of course is tied to the 100th anniversary, October 16th. And then uh, in just uh, as we go into the uh, Christmas holidays, uh, my son Braden was, missed my birthday. And so he brought his birthday gift to me just today as he flew in. Well, he flew in two nights ago and we spent all day yesterday at Epcot. Had a great experience there. It gave me... Um, inspiration for my next podcast, which you are going to not want to miss because it's going to be probably the oldest uh, tri <laughs> trip review that you've ever heard. Um, 35 years in the making, um, we're going to talk about my first trip to Walt Disney World, which happened next week, 35 years ago, just after the Thanksgiving holidays. 35 years ago, my wife and I came for the first time to Walt Disney World. I want to share with you what that looked like in 1988. And then, um, well, 
we've got some, uh, anyway, my son gave me this gift, uh, which is the Disney Larkana trading card game. Now, I've heard about this, and uh, people have been talking about this quite a bit, but I wasn't really sure what it was all about. I'm not really the card playing kind of guy. But my son has really gotten into some of these and, and he I think this was a great way to connect with my son and we had a lot of fun playing. This game celebrates Disney characters from throughout the Disney animated films. Not Pixar, just the Disney films. The same way that the um, recent Disney studio, Once Upon a Studio, uh, animated films just shows Disney characters. And let me tell you, they're Disney characters from all over. My um, and, and some of them are all kind of linked together. For instance, you have um, Merlin and Madame Mim, but you also have versions of Merlin and Madame Mim as the different animals they became. And, and utilizing those cards together gives you a certain advantage, as does uh, having all seven dwarfs together or... Um, being able to take Hercules strength and compile it together is it it's kind of an interesting notion the card decks make up well you need to have at least 60 cards each and so and that's part of the fun is you kind of create your own card decks which has these combinations in it it still has to be you know uh, um, uh, randomly chosen cards but but you work to produce what's called ink ink a resource that allows cards representing characters, items, and more to be summed up. As you take your turn, you follow a sequence of generating ink, playing cards, using actions from those cards, and challenging opposing uh, opponents' characters' cards. The object is to essentially accrue 20 points, which known in, in the game is, is known as lore, uh, and you do it before your opponent does. Now, Again, I'm not the biggest on card games. And I wondered at first if I was going to get this. I mean, we probably spent about an hour and a half in the first game. But about halfway through playing with my son, I started to get the hang of it. And while I lost at the end, we came very close. In fact, I thought I was going to win. It was really close at the end. Um, and either of us could have win just depending on the strategy. And I, I really like that aspect of it. It's not just a game of luck, although, again, it's luck in the draw of the card. But I look forward to playing this more often and adding more cards. And while selecting a card is random, there are strategies for creating your set of 60 cards and even more strategies as you play. So this is not just a game of luck. Um... Lurkana uh, even has a Disney 100 set that retails for about $140, but you can find starter sets that are far less uh, for $50. Uh, he brought his set with me and then gave me a whole bunch of cards and a, and a starter set and had the instructions and so forth. And, and the cards are just beautiful. They are really well-rendered um, uh renditions of the Disney characters and uh, they're really quite fun. Uh, you have to kind of read what each one does and it's a little tricky kind of figuring out what it all means but it's really quite a fun game and I highly recommend that if you enjoy those kinds of things, card games and so forth, check out the Disney Lorcana trading card game set. Now, uh, my daughter gave me 
uh, I think it may have, this may have been back of Father's Day um, rather than birthday because she also pitched in on third gift. But uh, one of my daughters gave me what was what's called the Disney animated studio games. Now, I'm not a big fan of board games, although as a family, we have played a lot of board. Oh, my goodness. There are Risk games and Monopoly games you don't want to be in the room with. And our Star Wars Monopoly game for decades have been just absolutely the funnest. And we, I think we have the Disney Monopoly board game too. That's okay. Um, I'm not big on the, on the board games themselves. But, um, although I've had many over the years. Um, but if I had another wall, I would take... Disney park board games and hang them, frame them and hang them up. I've got all, a multitude of, of game boards that show maps of the parks. And I love it. One of them I just repurchased a couple of years ago for the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary, their Milton Bradley game board, which isn't too detailed as a, as a park map. But I had bought that back in Denver while traveling back in 1972 or three. And uh, I just thought that was so amazing. So I, they came out with a um, recreated set of it for the 50th anniversary, it's so cool. So I'm big on Disney park maps. I have a whole wall just dedicated to park maps and I would do another wall to Disney park board game maps if I could. This is not a Disney park game, but it is about Disney animated studios. And I gotta say, this is, this board game is as Disney, quintessentially Disney, as any Disney board game could possibly be, because it focuses on the heart of Disney, which is its full length animated classics. Here you explore the storied history of Disney animated studios through five classic Disney films. You can choose to focus on Alice in Wonderland, Fantasia, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 101 Dalmatians, or Aladdin. I took on Alice in Wonderland. I love the look and feel of that film. Although the Snow White look and feel was great too. And well, the 101 Dalmatians, it's just, they really took five very different looking styles as, um, as the kind of look of the thing. Um, there are some really stunning components to this, which include full color player boards, custom token, uh, wooden tokens, um, and 15 transparent cell cards. Yeah, cells, you know, like cell, animated cells. The job is to actually put together three animated cells together into one entire picture. It's very cool. Throughout, you, you work with with cards that focus on sound, ink and paint, um, background art, plus a little bit of magic, all in an effort to kind of bring your cell to life. The game builds on central values that are really central to any good culture, but very much to the heart of Disney's culture. You focus on heart, on focus, on inspiration, on grit and on teamwork. And while you do need to vanquish and address the villains that show up. The game actually encourages collaboration and cooperation more than competition as you work 
to create these animated classics. I got it. You got to check out the photos in Disney Insights because the, the whole number of pieces that are involved here, it's, it's very intricate, which is probably part of the challenge. The game from Funko actually retails for $34.99, and that's a great value in my opinion. What's really cool is it's such an homage to the original style and approach that was taken traditionally to create Disney animated films. Even the color tones mimic the original Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. I don't know if you've seen some of the park merchandise, but it's also played um, alongside. I'm surprised they do not sell this in the in the parks. But um, but you've seen like. Um, light boards and other pieces that are very much in the color tones of the original studios. It's it's very cool. Even cooler is how you have these animated cells that you place together to create an entire image. And yeah, if you you got me on Alice in Wonderland, uh the Mad Hatter and the March Hare all coming together for the tea party, I that really that really uh, I'm there on this thing. It's very, very Disney. But I have to also say, this is not an easy game to pick up and play. And even we watched some of the videos and they weren't quite so helpful. It does take a while to kind of study this and figure out how this all works. But if you want to celebrate Disney animation, animated film, maybe even put the films on the background on Disney Plus to play while you do it. It's just a perfect gift for the Disney fan who thinks they have it all and who really loves Disney animation. I will tell you, this is this is for the perfect, um, totally perfect Disney animation fan. Well, let me mention my third idea, third thing that I received, which I got for my birthday. Family kind of put it all together. It's a, it, um, it uh, retails for about $100. It is the Lego Disney Walt Disney Tribute Camera. Um, now, I've never been really a Legos kind of person. However, one of my favorite gifts for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary was the Cinderella Castle Lego gift. Not the big three-foot one. It's only really about a foot at best. But um, but for me, it was it was right fit, and it just was really a great uh, recuerdo memory memorabilia piece for the 100th anniversary um, or the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. So I loved it, and I found myself really endeared to the experience of putting it all together. It was really a lot of fun. Um, in Disney's 100th anniversary, there are several Disney 100 Lego selections to choose from. But my family gave me for my birthday, the Walt Disney Tribute Camera. At first I thought, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting, but I gotta tell you, people who created this knew their Disney. And there are some really great, I wanna say Easter eggs, but they're, they're great little Disney tributes, great little touches that you find as you put this all together. By the way, I've had a lot of travel and a lot of craziness. Of course, I had to get the book out, um, but um, I haven't even finished mine. I'm still working on the camera component piece, but I put other pieces together and it's just, it's one of the most delightful things I do when I have a few minutes uh, on my weekends. 
you start by building um, the the first section is kind of building a small separate animators office which is very clever because it's actually built on the floor that simulates a movie clapboard you know the one they kind of clap before they yell action roll them that type of thing and it opens and shuts i just thought that was just a little clever touch in that little office which is separate from the camera stand but in that office is a multi-plane camera complete with a sliding camera and glass slides that actually stack on top of each other like a multi-plane camera if you've been into uh, one Man's Dream at Disney's Hollywood Studios and seeing that is not a multi-plane camera setup they have. It's kind of a mock-up of what it looks like to actually go. And I've been in the Walt Disney Studios to actually see a real multi-plane camera. These things are heavy. They are bulky. They are big steel objects. They are big mechanical marvels and they're huge in size. Um, but um, but in the Disney one, One Man's Dream, they'll show you an image of a moonlit night with a little barn in the background and rolling hills and type of thing. You actually have three glass slides that imitate that little scene and that stack on top of each other like a multi-plane camera. It really is, it is so cool and clever and I was so surprised to see this. You see that you get Mickey and Minnie, you get to put them together as part of the crew, along with Dumbo and Bambi. Um, and then um, you have this nearly 15 inch old fashioned camera, which I'm in the middle of building this thing and it might as well be a legitimate camera. It's got so many gears and detailed parts. In fact, at times I wonder if you couldn't really shoot film with this camera. It's, it's, not, it's not a token piece, it really, has a lot of authenticity, at least a feel of authenticity to this thing. Um, it just is really very impressive sitting on its three legs and so forth. There is from it a film strip which emerges from the camera. And if you study each of the little um, frames on the film strip, you see Disney characters all done in their animated Lego style. So you see Alice, you see Cinderella and Prince Charming, you see Baloo and Mowgli. Um, you get all these different films highlighted in this reel. And uh, they all have this Lego look to it, some black and white seemingly, some with color. Um, but it's, it's a part of the whole piece. Inside the camera, you find the way it's built. If you open up the, the, the main body of the camera, what you get is a private animator's table and chair inside, um, which can be found um, right inside that body. So it's really kind of kind of cool that there's this little secret compartment within the camera. And then finally, and I had to laugh with this, this is one of the first things I got to put together. There's a little Disney minifig of Walt. And he's got a little... Um, pen and he's got uh, a little drawing pad with Mickey on it and so forth. But the best part of this is, you know, some Lego heads are different, but this one has a piece of hair that goes on top of the head. But that that's important because um, when you take the head off, hair off, you could turn the head around and you go from a happy visionary Walt Disney to the grouchy bear <laughs> to 
two locked down eyebrows looking at you, Walt. And I thought this is truly amazing that they knew Walt's two, you know, two faces, so to speak, to include his angry bear look when you when you create the Lego. It's just very clever. All the things that, if you love Lego and if you love Disney, oh my gosh, you cannot miss this gift. This is so cool. And there are other great choices. I think my family's kind of eyeing the Disney 100, um, uh, the Disney 100 villains icon set, which kind of has um, Poison Apple and a book for Beauty and the Beast and, and uh, a clock. And they all feature different villains that go with that. That's okay too. This Lego set that I've been building is about 811 pieces and it retails again around $100 even at some place, places like Walmart. But I'm, I'm highly recommending this. This is all hours, hours, but it is a lot of fun and it becomes a great little keepsake afterwards. So I highly recommend it. I have to mention in shameless promotion the last Disney 100 thing item you need to purchase this this holiday season. It is a century of powerful insights. It's available on Amazon. It's a great way to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. In over 100 years, this organization has emerged as one of the most successful entertainment entities across the globe. And in this, the first of two volumes, we study the first 50 years of Disney, beginning with Walt and Roy. We look at major milestones and see the evolution of the organization, which begun in a garage, um, to ultimately becoming so beloved by millions of people around the world. It goes through Lucky, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and Mickey Mouse, through Snow White and Cinderella, from the Mouseketeers to Mary Poppins, and from Disneyland to Walt Disney World. We share stories and insights in volume one from 1923 to 1973. I think not only will you be um, inspired with new ideas about how you can apply this to your life and work, it will be something you want to share with others. If you have a Disney fan, this is the book to get for them. A century of powerful Disney insights. Please be sure to check that out. Now, as we are going into 2024, this is the time to think about if you've got an organization, you're looking to take it to the next level in the next calendar year, well then, please um, take a moment to reach out to me, to my organization, Performance Journeys, where we're gonna provide you training and development through books, keynotes, workshops, seminars, online tools, and, and so much more to help you take your organization to the next level. I'm the kind of guy who's gonna come in and recharge your next big gathering or meeting because I not only bring great, inspiring stories, I, I provide proven insight and solutions. Having been out there in the trench, I could show you how this works. If you need consulting, just give me a call. I've worked for decades across the public, private, nonprofit sectors. And if you need support, we offer Classroom Online so many other resources to improve your customer service, your leadership, 
uh, your employee engagement and so much more teams. If you want that great team building experience, we could talk about it. So give me a call, contact us today, and we can help you on your performance journey. Well, that does it for this Disney Insights. Thank you for taking the time. If you have a chance, be sure to uh, to just uh, head over to your podcast provider and uh, provide a positive rating or review. That really helps us to move uh, this good work forward. The uh, happiest little podcast that ever could. We are grateful for your involvement. We are hoping you are having a great holiday season. And in the words, a Sinbad storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. You have a great day. Thanks so much. I'm grateful for you. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you.